Yes. You are now listening to the sounds of sports reports as ordered. Two five. Mr. Logical. What's up, Joe Biden? How you doing? What's <laughs> going on, it's weekend and Bernie's? It's starting to feel a lot like playoffs. Yo, I wish I could smoke that stuff in Gilbert Arena's got. You know what I'm saying? Like, that'd be feeling nice. Is Mac Jones really on the move? What you think, America? And of course, get it off my chest. I'm sick of you, Draymond. We gonna get into this. So first, first lady, and I don't want to be disrespectful, simply put, come on, Jill. What you doing up on Madison Ave, up on Pennsylvania Ave, walking around D.C., talking about not only is LSU invited, but Iowa could come too. What's up with the first lady, Raph? What's she doing? Like, I mean, I don't think she had any ill intent or anything like that, but what's she trying to do, man? Uh, man, I just think everybody's trying to capitalize on whatever's hot. And it's hot right now to be on this, the women's sports wave that was created when Caitlin went 41, 10, and 12 for the first 41-point triple-double in NCAA tournament history. I think they got the, the ball rolling. And then she came right back, hit 40-plus 40, 40 again against undefeated South Carolina team, and then the championship game, coupled with the juxtaposition of the, the men's NCAA tournament, not really having a lot of flair in it, only one true blue blood in it being UConn. And then the fact that the one seeds and the two seeds and the three seeds lost so early that it just it ruined people's brackets, which then made people kind of disconnect from the tournament, where the women... They play fundamental basketball. They play through the post. You know, they yeah, some teams shoot a lot of threes, but some of the best players on a lot of these women's teams are post players, fours and fives, six for two, six for three. So the women play the game, quote unquote, the right way. And I think that's why the better teams make it far. And that's why it was such a shock when South Carolina lost. But it was shocking when they lost, but they needed one of these heroic performances by by Caitlin to get them over the hump. So that just created this buzz. And then we all, you know, know about the controversy to act like you've been there to ring finger to you can't see me to Tony Yayo. I mean, so, you know, she hit it with the Tony Yayo. Y'all call it John Cena, but, you know, we call it the Tony Yayo. Um, and I think people just kind of, it was such a great buzz. And I think she's trying to capitalize off of that. Like it's, I don't think it's any ill will. I just think it just might be poorly timed, like most of decisions made from that building in the last, you know, six or seven years. Yeah. Like, yo, America, can I tell you a secret? There are winners and then there are losers. Losers cannot get the same perks that the winners get. You know, if the cute little blonde gets pulled over by the cops and she's wearing the little tight shirt and she don't get a ticket. 
Precious can't get away with that. You know what I mean? There's, you know, this is society, winners and losers. You, you know, Precious so, can't get away with that. Precious can't get away with it, bro. She get the ticket all day. You know, but but like the whole thing about it is, is like, look, I get the tournament had hype. You know, like it. This is the record shattering ratings for a women's tournament. Absolutely understand it. It would have been great to see South Carolina there undefeated with a chance to cap off the undefeated season. But Caitlin came through and crushed the buildings, you know. But it was funny because I was telling you earlier, I had asked somebody, who did Iowa beat? And he said, well, I know that Iowa beat South Carolina in the Elite Eight. No, that was the final four that led to this. So, like, first of all, this game had a lot of hype because of Caitlin's performances and beating South Carolina. And of course, LSU being like a surprising final four team, you but know, that's the but same hype that I, the men's tournament played. If the men's played in that same, if, if, if the men's tournament played at that same way where we weren't really paying a lot of attention to it. And then you had the elite eight final four match up the 40 points. I think people would have jumped on it too, but I think with maybe, the men's but, tournament, those guys, no, no one made it through. Like Houston didn't make it through. They would have been playing at home in the final four. They didn't make it. Alabama had all the storylines all season long. They didn't make it through. So I just think like the storyline of South Carolina matched up with Iowa and Iowa knocking them off is like, whoa. But the thing is, that championship game was never in doubt. There was never a moment that felt LSU was going to lose that game. They led by 17 at halftime. They won by 17. And guess what? San Diego State lost by 17 too. You know, and so so looking at this, you know, Caitlin had a great tournament, probably one of the best tournament runs, men or women, that we've ever seen. But to just act like this game, I get the hype, but to act like this game all of a sudden was this all-time classic that deserves this. Like, I go back to, like, 2019, you know, Baylor against Notre Dame, Brittany Griner against Skylar Diggins and all this type of stuff like that, you know. There was not – we've had UConn and Tennessee battles of the Goliaths for the national title that didn't yeah, garner the type chalk, of attention. That, yeah, it doesn't get I the mean, attention because it's, it's, it's not as if – well, well, in the men's tournament, you know, UConn was a four, San Diego State was a five, FAU was a nine. So, you know, Miami was a five. five. You know, it's not as if – it's not as if we saw an 11 against a six or something like that. But Between trendy. Iowa and LSU. But, but, with, but with the men's tournaments, I think a few years ago, all four number one seeds made it, and that was like a big deal. But normally, it plays out to where at least one or two of them make it, a couple of twos, and maybe you get a surprise five, maybe. And the women's tournament is pretty standard that, well, more common that the one and two seeds make it to the final four or there's an undefeated team either in the Final Four or in the championship game, a la UConn, when uh, Notre Dame beat them a few years back. So that it happens a lot, happens a lot more often. So with Iowa knocking off that undefeated team, like I said, coupled with the fact that the men's NCAA, tur- NCAA tournament was pretty much shunned after after the 16 beat the one, it should have raised the excitement level. I saw more pundits just kind of like, all right. 
Now we got a 16 versus you know, we got a 15 <laughs> that made it through, a 16. Hey, you know then why? This 11 you know made why, it through, right? and this 9 made it. Because they wanted everybody, they wanted it to look one way. No, part of that reason was because that 16 was from T-Neck, New Jersey. If that 16 had been from New York, we having a whole different conversation. Because I mean, nobody listen, respects listen, Jersey. See, it's right across the Hudson. <laughs> Literally, T-Neck is right across the Hudson from, from Manhattan. You can see it. You could take a paddle boat and make it across in a matter of minutes. It's not that far. Like that had, that, that had been Hostra or, or Siena. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, T neck is right there, right across us. And so, but, like I but, said, I think but, that they would like what, what, what Jill Biden was trying to do. If you looked at it from if we play, if we'll play, you know, I'll be the optimist, you be two five. This is why we call them two five, ladies and gentlemen, by the way. So, I'm gonna look at it optimistically and with no negative connotations. Iowa is always a major part of the political presidential spectrum. It's like the Iowa caucus normally sets the tone for the presidential race, which kicks off next year. You know, so probably like probably like nine to ten months, we're going to start getting like pre, you know, the uh, the straw polls for the Iowa caucus. So it's a good service to invite Iowa to the White House. Then you have the whole the aspect that it was the biggest national championship game. So you have that element. So you have LSU winning. And then you have Iowa competing that beat knocked off South Carolina. It was a big game. Everyone watched the buzz is there. Then you have the quote unquote controversy with the like I said, the Tony Yeo move or the John Cena, as people call it. And as well as the I'm getting the ring. So I think that's kept the news. This is the second time we've talked about it. We've only talked about baseball once. And we talked about this twice. And we don't like talking about the same thing everybody else is talking about. But I think that's the impact. So if you're looking at it as a first lady, you want to get all these talented young women to the White House and promote the, the athleticism of women and the promotion of women themselves, I think this is a great opportunity because it's like inviting, like, it's, I don't know, I, I know you like the whole winners and losers thing, but it's like, if you have an iconic moment, you know it in the moment. You don't have to do a 15-year reunion. Like, we know this was an iconic moment in sports because I don't think we've talked about the women's tournament winner or loser or individual players this much post-tournament. It's Thursday, almost Friday, and we're still having this conversation. And I think the conversation continues through the weekend. I think it's kind of, I think that momentum you want to capture. She might have gone about it wrong by publicly putting this information out there or getting out instead of just kind of coordinating something else that's a little bit more galvanizing. But I think the the aspect of bringing all these young women to the White House and showing all the young girls in America like, hey, you can compete at a high level and this is proof. So I look at it from that aspect and you can give your difference of opinion yeah here. yeah yeah all i got out of that was tony yayo made it a hot line john cena made it a hot song you know but <laughs> you know but, but but you know but but as i but as i was looking at this i was trying to think of moments where something like this may be apropos so you know i know I'm sure the buffalo okay. bills i'm sure the buffalo bills would have loved to go to this white house when they were losing four straight super bowls <laughs> That would have been a great time to reward something unprecedented. 
you know, I just, I just think there's a lot of pandering going on right now. You know, like throughout our history, we've done an awful job at respecting women, holding women to high pedigrees and, and this type of thing. And now, you know, some people would call it woke. I ain't going to go there. But, you know, there's a lot of pandering to where we're trying to make it right by doing everything in these vacuums and letting it take over. So instead of appreciating the history and acknowledging it and talking about it, the conversation we're having right now could have happened without Joe Biden. As I mentioned on Get It Off Our Chest, Get It Off Our Chest the other day, where, you know, people were complaining, why are we talking about Caitlyn and Angel doing thing when we had a historic moment? Because y'all chose to talk about it. You know, the, yeah. the media controls what we talk about, not us as in art, like sports is ordered, but just society at large. So when I'm looking at this, I have this quote from Vanessa Valdivia, the White House press secretary, quote, the first lady loved watching the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship game alongside young athletes and admires how far women have advanced in sports since the passing of Title IX, end quote. That's a beautiful statement. You know what, Jill? Get on the plane and go to Iowa City. You know, and I know that she tried to talk to LSU before the game. And according to Angel Reese, she said no, because they didn't have LSU getting out of the region. So so they didn't want to talk to them because you didn't have us going far in the bracket. You know, so so they Yo, so I mean, like this, this, this screams, <laughs> this entire, like the the whole energy that the, the LSU team gave off, the energy that Caitlin gave off. It it's what we want from the men's tournament is what we right. expect for the men's tournament. I want it from and we everybody. Didn't get any, and that's the thing. Like we didn't get that this year and the women took it up. They were like, yo, okay, cool. Y'all don't want to be, y'all don't want to be the man in these streets. We'll be the woman in these streets and we'll take it over. And I well, think they had all that. We, I don't know a single, like I'm not, we, we run a, we have a sports podcast. I don't recall any player in the men's tournament that had an impact that's going to last. Like we talk about Wally Zerbiak still. We talk about uh, the O'Bangans on UCLA. We talk about Steph Curry. We talk about these amazing rounds. We talk about uh, Butler. We talk about all these players and all these events, Christian Leighton. There are all these guys that made names for themselves in these tournaments. Even go back to the women's mm-hmm. side, Rebecca Lobo, Smigas Holesclaw, Candace Parker, you know, Brittany Grinders, Skylar Diggins, all these it had I don't think there's a single male player this year that when the tournament ended and UConn won, anyone said, Yo, did you see that performance by Marcus? Blah blah blah. It wasn't one. The women had that, so they're hot, and it's a hot, it's it's entertaining. It's the it's the part of this is the sports year. This this time of year, you got March Madness. You have NBA playoffs coming up. You have the hockey playoffs. You got baseball just started. You got the NBA draft. I mean, NFL draft prepping right. And they can roll right into the NFL draft between April and the end of June. This is a live time to be a sports fan. And the NCAA men's tournament didn't give you any fire. The women gave you fire. And I think her honestly saying, hey, watching them play this tournament, this championship game, inspire her to bring them both. But- 
But see, but that's I where I disagree. And, and, and see, and that's where I disagree because I think the women's tournament got that spark once we got to the final four. You know, but the men's tournament still had buzzer beaters down to the wire games. It just wasn't the teams that people wanted to see in those games. You know, no, San it's Diego not about State. The teams. You, you, it is you because you Give talked about how San Diego. You talked about how San Diego State. You know, stepped out of bounds on the game yeah, when it's no shot by Lamar Butler. See, there's no one talked about it. Yeah, no one talked about it. No one readdressed it. Nothing. Nobody cared that he potentially stepped out of bounds. The, the crazy part about it, though, if that was Kansas against Houston, we're talking about that as an all-time great NCAA moment just because it was Kansas involved. You know, so the teams have okay. something to do with it. I'll I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you that piece. But in the same sense, the reason that people talked about Caitlin is because she put the game before that and then she followed it up. Not right, one right. player in the right. on the men's side gave you a storybook. Granted, it shouldn't be a storybook. Well, no, they, they didn't give you they didn't give no, you they anything. didn't give you they didn't give you 40 point game. But Adama but Adama Adama Sonogo, who I was just about okay. to talk about, but him and yeah. Jordan Hawkins, Anthony Davis but him was and Jordan Hawkins, player, and he had two points. Him and Jordan and Hawkins, I remember both that because they gave you the money. Like, Drew Timmy, Drew Timmy had a thirty-six point game against UCLA in the tournament. In that classic game that came down to the last five seconds, and those are named schools. Yeah, but did he? Did they win and then followed up with another one? When you are, you can't have one, like you said, made a lot of made a hot song. Like, yeah, you can have a hot song, but if you can follow it up with another one, now your buzz is going. Now I'm going to follow you to this third song. Caitlin had the hot song and then came back with another hot song. Insert whatever hot song title, whatever artist in your head that you could think about. Like, yo, when I first heard this song, then I heard the next song I was in. When I first heard feeling it off a of reasonable doubt, I was like, and then I heard Dead Presidents, the original one that was on priority. I was like, okay, I'm hooked. Same thing with when I first heard Illmatic, that whole album. I'm like, okay. Then I heard it was written. I'm like, okay, this is I'm I'm rocking with this dude. And then you can insert whatever right, your favorite right. artist is, but she gave you that those moments, especially considering that when the game ends, everything stops and we just talk about it. So you talk about so, the so thing that the, the event that rose to the top, her performance rose to the top, and then she beat the top team with another with a similar performance. If she would have came back and scored 22 points and they would have beat South Carolina on like because South Carolina's best player was in foul trouble or something like that, or they couldn't rebound or whatever the case may be, technical files, something like some caveat like that, then it wouldn't have been as great as a buzz. But when she followed up the first song with the next song, they're both from the four, over 40 points, it's like, okay, cool, let's let's see what. LSU had because LSU had a game against Utah where uh, they had the foul late and the Utah player every throw and missed the second one completely. So they could have been out of the tournament if that girl, you could tell when she got to the free throw line, it was like uh, the mailman don't deliver on Sunday. You could just see <laughs> like that. It was like that kind of moment. But if that doesn't happen for LSU, they don't get to the championship game. So that makes you think about their run. The men's tournament didn't give you that. I don't know who's getting the. I don't know if they even talked about inviting UConn to the tournament or not. 
I don't you think they have UConn I mean, there. invited to the White House or not. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they will, but it won't. They're going to invite San Diego State, though. We won't talk about it twice in one week if they get invited or not. But this one is different. It has a it has a little bit different. Like I said, we talked about it earlier in our preview. Well, I think, but, but like I said, I think that's. Effect. But like I said, I think that's part of the discussion, though. I think it's just. I guess a flex. You have for women. You or, have women higher up on the list of priorities for. You think people should be equally as concerned with who won, as they are about how they feel about the entirety of the game. I personally think that you look at the the racial component. A bunch of the white girls out of Iowa, black girls from down south. You have that piece. You have the one girl's coming off a hot streak, and then you have one of the you know the best players in the country playing on a team with only two losses. Caitlin was a player of the year. You have a coach. She already won a title with Baylor. Um, so you, you have all these things. Both teams had. You know, I need these referees to keep her off the court too. You know, <laughs> yeah, she's you know, not listening to rules. Yeah, she's all up on the court. But Jill, but Jill, like, I don't think this happens. Even if San Diego State and UConn, you know, came down to the buzzer, San Diego State not getting invited to the White House, and I don't think yeah, it has anything no to one, do per no se. One ca- no one cared about them. Well, on but I don't think run. it has anything to do with that per se. I think I think this is just a pandering moment. You know, like the clout and like you said you use the words taking advantage of a moment that's what this is it's taking advantage of a moment you know but they still lost by 17 points like it's not as if this thing went yeah, down to the wire the wrong part of i am maybe i am maybe i am but, but magic you, but, versus but you know, bird but, we don't like we know magic won the national championship michigan state beat indiana state right uh-huh. we don't know what the score was but we know that the magic bird was deliberately established to where Boston got Larry Bird, L.A. got Magic Johnson, and they did the Bird, NBA did, used did, that did Indiana State go to the White House? I have no idea who went to the White House, but I know that the <laughs> Lakers, the Lakers-Celtics rivalry basically started then, and it's well, still going on now. Well, that's what I said the other night. That's what I said the other night. The WNBA, but when, that's they, a when small that time thing. comes, they have that chance to, to take advantage of this, but it's got to probably happen again next year, you know, for that, for that to even be a thing. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what their draft eligibility is for uh, Caitlin or uh, Reese, but if they both were to come out and get drafted this year, I bet you some of those ping pong balls and li- it'll line up to where they're not on the same team. Hey, I need, we I, need Caitlin to, as soon as, I need Caitlyn to take some NIL money. I need Caitlin Reset. to take some NIL Reset. money she from Georgia. Makes, she makes more in a, she makes more money in the NIL than she would make in the WNBA. She oh, said yeah, that in an interview. She was like, oh, she's like, I'm not LSU, worried about the WNBA. Uh, oh, you saw the LSU the was it, uh, the, the, the pole vaulter or, or the track girl? Oh, the the the, the gymnast. Yeah, the gymnast. They, yeah, like Olivia Dunn. She's making like four that. million dollars, you know, just playing, just doing that. So, I mean, it's true. Yeah. Just like Oscar Shibway, the men's national player of the year last year from Kentucky. He, he's probably going to be a six-year senior next year because he's the second round at NBA draft pick. He just probably won't be at Kentucky. 
I mean, and like I said, is this that's what's that is what a good galvanizing sports moment can get you. It can get you controversy. It can get you double invites to the White House. It can get you national player of the year against a girl who had who transferred from her home state school to LSU for whatever reason. Hey, but you, you know, if so you were like, going to invite two you people, get all these things together, you were about to score. If you were going to invite two people to the White House, if you were going to invite two people to the White House, it would have been that Astros Dodgers World Series. You know, from a couple of years ago. I mean, we ain't know the Astros was cheating at the time. <laughs> that would have been on top of that. The Astros have won a World Series since then. Nobody cares. It's like we have to be honest. It's so many sports. There's so many things going on in sports that it's the whole going viral. This is one of those moments. The Magic Bird back in the you know eight, late seventies, eighties. Those were viral moments before the term was coined. This is another one. Is it being forced a little bit? Maybe. But does it have all the elements that you can use to make a good make a good dish out of it? Yeah. Like I said, we have the political implications. I know the LSU coach, is a, I think she's more of a Trump supporter. So I think you have that, that connotation to it. You just have enough to where this might get talked about, which is a lot in sports. It might get talked about for a whole week. Mm-hmm. Post championship, like people, it might mm-hmm. be because I pulled up my Twitter, and everybody was talking. Like every everything on my Twitter was on it, and I have you know I I follow close to a hundred different people, but like seems like that was the overwhelming theme of like that conversation. Caitlin's statement afterwards saying, "Hey, I have all the respect in the world." Said we're just competitors because she does that because that's what you do. That's what Steph does. That's what LeBron does. That's what Luca does. That's what KD does. I mean, these guys, they, that's what Pat Pat Beverly literally made $100 million in the NBA off of what they did with le- way less points. <laughs> like, I mean, if, if you think about it, then, like I said, was, well, Austin Reeves hit him with the two small move. It's like, this is how this is what we this is what we had growing up 80s and 90s. This is what we had. Aside from the, the, the tough defense, we had personalities in our sports. Deion Sanders is the reason I'm a Falcons fan because I saw him high stepping after interception on AFN on the TV that's smaller than the modern I'm currently using. And I've been a fan since 1991 because of it, because of his personality that shined through in his play. He's like, you know, you don't have to come out here and dim your light. Caitlin didn't do it. She was like, listen, I don't care. Can't see me. I'm out here. Oh, you down by 15. Shut up. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I, I'd rather you say that than just be like, oh, well, you know, we both try really hard. Nah. You're competing. But, but I think that's what Jill did. I think that's what Jill did. Iowa tried so hard. And you know what? Like, they just... The, the game is just so elevated right now in this 17-point loss. And I just think that, you know, Caitlin we just – have you, talked about no, this twice no. this winner, week, man. Winner, we winner, chicken dinner. It, we don't like doing this. We have talked about it. This is this is our 60th minute. Yeah, we don't like doing it, so this. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. So how about that? <laughs> 
Two five. I'm telling you, this is why we call him two five, man. Everybody can get a Yo. million dollars. He'd be mad. Like, why everybody get a million dollars? Yo, they so straight up a million dollars. <laughs> Yo, straight up and down. Fifteen go. I'm looking at my phone. Right. This is like the most important OKC Utah Jazz game to in the history of life. Because it may determine whether Dallas has a chance to make the playoffs or not. So it's beginning to feel a lot like playoffs. You know, what you what's what's your opening thoughts on, on these upcoming playoffs? It's it's like it's the mediocrity of so many of these teams that we and we, you just talked about the winning aspect of sports and why that's more important. We have had more conversations about the teams five, six, seven, and ten and eleven because no one's really talked about the Pelicans as much. The Timberwolves are just there. We're just assuming they're happy to be there. And the Mavericks, Mavericks, Thunder, Clippers, Warriors, Lakers. Those five teams have had more conversations on more networks, including our, our channel here, than any other, all the other teams combined. But it's interesting. I like it. I don't like teams. <laughs> I don't like a team that's 38 and 42, like fighting their way into the playoffs. It's like, I think hey, you're, you're Mr. Play-in, off. though. I like the play-in. Because, like I said, if you were playing, because right now, right now the Pelicans are 41 and 39. I think we'd be more competitive, like, versus the old mode where you're basically, if you're out of it in March, you're just, you're just throwing it in. But the Lakers essentially would have been out of it in March, and then they went on a nice little run the last few weeks or so without LeBron, like the last month without LeBron, they went a nice little run. Now they got themselves into the plan and it, it makes it interesting. Like, you know, you, like I said, you can charge the prices or the tickets you want because teams are playing hard. But you, if you look in the East, seven, eight, nine, ten, like pretty much the, the uh, only things up stake is the heat and the nets. One's going to be six, one's going to be seven, but everything else is pretty much determined. So now it's only a few games where the Magic's Pacers, Wizards, Hornets, Pistons, like they don't care because they're already out of it. But it's only a few games. But if you were to look at it right now, eight seed is 40, 41 and 39 Hawks. The Bulls probably would have been like, eh, like a few weeks ago because they're so far out of it. It's like you don't have a shot. So the plan does give you a shot. It's just that play better. You gotta play, yeah. You gotta play better. You can't rest guys. I do manager. think the play yeah, in, the like, play in does factor into. Honestly, I I don't think a team is would rest a guy and say to themselves, "We can still get out of the play in." I don't. I don't think. It, I don't think that'd be no, priority number no, one. But, but there came a point this season where the Bulls were X amount of games out from the sixth seed that they could have said, hey, we're in range to avoid the play-in. This load management is through. But they didn't. They probably want to fire some people and get off some contracts. Because <laughs> you can't trade an injured player. Most of these guys have injury clauses in their contracts to where 
if they're not healthy by X date of the year, you can't trade them, but you got to pay them. And if you cut them, you got to pay them. So it's like, there's probably some protections there that the teams are going with. But I mean, I feel you that it should be, these teams should play better. But if if I had to be honest, man, any team that's going to get in the play in, I don't see any of them getting out of the first round. So if you're in the play in, whoever ends up seven and eight, they're going to bounce in the first round anyway. So is it worth it to play five more games? Well, I will say, if I'm Boston, sitting at the two seed, Miami might be a scary seven. You just played them in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. You've played them in the Eastern Conference Finals a few times. They played in the bubble in the Eastern Conference Finals. So Miami's not scared of them. I, you know, I but I'm yeah, just watching Miami dismantle Philly right now. That's I got my iPad right. over here, so I'm listening to you. But that's what I'm looking at right, right now. Right, right. But 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 if you're but if you're matched up with Atlanta, Mid Atlanta, probably doesn't scare you. If you're matched up with Chicago, probably doesn't scare you, even though they've been playing a little better with uh, Patrick Beverly. You know, Toronto. I don't think they scare you. You know, but if you're Boston and they end up with the seven, you know, they still got Siakam and. Out of Nobi, who got nah, the long arms that can be disruptive. You running through them, you know. Boston's so, running through like, Toronto. <laughs> well, what caught my I, eye about the what, what caught my eye about this was two things stood out to me. So, first of all, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets because this is the first time in franchise history that they've ever been a number one seed. So that's first time and MVP. Nicole Yogi shot at the Serbia. No. No, nah, they're gonna give it to Embiid. No, nah. bet money on it. You don't think so? You don't think got, so? After the got, after the game against Boston last, after the game against no. Boston last night. No, nah, right. not at this well, lacking he's getting now. <laughs> I love how the MVP becomes day to day at the end. Yeah. You know, I but Giannis, but Giannis still can't get no love. They changed the odds. To, Vegas changed the odds to get a bunch of people to bet on Embiid. But what they didn't count for was people betting on Jokic. Because I think at that point it was like a two to one. I think it was like plus 175, plus 200. So it was like a two to one. Ten bucks get you Uh Uh, But then they took – MB didn't play at Denver. And it was like – and then, you know, narrative, right? And they locked locked in. I don't know. Maybe he can't play at altitude. Remember Ryan Clark had a condition where he couldn't play at altitude. Right, right. Yeah, so not to get too four side- years. So not yeah. to get too sidetracked, but you think that the voters are gonna hold that some voters are gonna hold that against him? I think the voters were always gonna vote for Nicole Jokic no matter what. And he but gave when them got the reason hot, that they can Yeah, so when it got hot that people wanted Embiid. People want Embiid to be MVP. It sucks that he's matched up with, you know. It's the same. I mean, it happens. It happens to a yeah. Lot like of it's like y'all was y'all was gonna break up a couple of months ago. She decided to stay, and you didn't take the trash out, and she called you irresponsible and broke up with you. <laughs> I mean, it just happens. Like you just in certain things in in the sports world just happen that way, where you just match up with a guy that you just run into. Toronto was the number one seed in the East so many years, kept running into. LeBron and, and Cleveland. Uh, so you just have 
Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Colts, and the Patriots. It just sometimes Aaron Rodgers and the team, 49ers. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and the playoffs. <laughs> just the playoffs in general. He can so, tear you up all regular season long. So, like it just comes to that point where it just, but that's the thing. You got to shift your focus now to all right, right, Philly. I'm Embiid. I'm not gonna win MVP. Do we scare anybody? And the answer is they he what he's dealing with with the MVP, they're dealing he, with as a conference because you gotta be Boston yeah. or Milwaukee. You might have to beat them and both. Possibly both. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but so the other thing that stood out to me was Sacramento being the only team in the West with a winning road record. That was the that was the other thing that stood out to me. That's weird. Because you know, we, we were just yeah, because we were just talking about Sacramento and like how they're going to be the team that teams might want to play in the first round just because of their inexperience. But they're the one yeah. team that throughout the first <coughs> two games, or I guess 41 games, have proven that they can. And they're not just, they don't just have a winning record on the road. They're 25 and 15. You know, they're so, which is one game worse than Milwaukee on the road. So it's not as if. They're 19 and 18 or something along those lines. They're they have a pretty good road record. The other thing I brought it up in our pre-meeting. So this is another one that stands out to me. You know, if Milwaukee matches up with Cleveland in the second round, and I know Cleveland has the inexperience, you know, Evan Mobley and Garland haven't necessarily been there before, but Cleveland is first in the league in defense and seventh in offense. And of course, Donovan Mitchell is on his forty game four forty game streak right now. You know, uh, four, forty time forty points in the last four games. So yes. I think Cleveland could give somebody trouble. I'm not saying they'll win a series. Like I'm not saying they'll beat Milwaukee, but they could push Milwaukee. I think to a tough six or like get to a seventh game, and then Milwaukee just blow the doors off in Game Seven. Uh, so in let, the West, let me see what you. Let me see this 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 theory you're talking about. So you got Cleveland. So, I got Cleveland disposing of the Knicks. Man, you're not gonna give the Knicks no love. Julius no. should be back, right? No. Yeah, he'll be back, but no. You know, saying I'm probably but, try to. I'm gonna try to go to one of those games. Catch a so up. so also so here's a few things just for maintenance, just so we know we covered the bases. So, you know, right now the Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors are fighting for that five spot in the sixth spot to avoid the play-in. The Clippers have the tiebreaker over both of those teams due to their record against the Lakers and due to the division record versus, you know, the Warriors, and they're in the same division. They have the better division record. So the Clippers have the best the, the odds for the five seed based off that. So right now they're 42 and 38. The Lakers are 41 and 39, and Golden State's 42 and 38. So, right now, Lakers are in the seven. So, that's the thing to keep an eye on there. Um, in the West, basically, the top four is locked for all intents and purposes, I believe. Unless Phoenix loses tonight, maybe the doors open a little bit for the Clippers to get to the four, but I don't think so. So, for in my intents and purposes, the top four in the West are locked in. Dallas doesn't have a tiebreaker over anybody except for maybe Minnesota 
but Minnesota would have to lose their last two. Dallas would have to win their last two. And I don't know if we can trust Dallas to do that. So if Dallas finishes with the same record as OKC, then OKC has the tiebreaker there. And then in the East, Miami's going to finish off Philly here. They're up 17 with about 615 left. So they're going to be one game behind Brooklyn. So I think the play-in from eight down is set. And the top five is set. So the only thing that's open for contention is, is it going to be Brooklyn or Miami in the sixth spot? I don't like how Philly ended this game. They pulled their starters with like nine minutes left. Like legit, they, they have all backups in. And they got the the score was like 87-74. So you know what? You, you know what? There ain't no point. There ain't no point in getting anybody hurt. They're not catching Boston for the two seed. So don't play anybody for the rest of the regular season. I mean, you you know I don't agree with that, but I'm just laying it out. This is the NBA that we're in today. You know, like just like Memphis, right? The last the last games of the season, Memphis plays one of the play-in contenders, and they're probably going to rest because they have this two seed pretty much locked up like, for all intents and yeah. purposes. You know, and I think it's uh actually I'm gonna tell you here in a second. Yeah, they played 80 games each. Yeah, between it's the, the Kings and the Grizzlies. Yeah, so it's the Thunder that they play. Uh, the last their last game of the season, I believe it is. Dallas plays the Spurs, so Dallas pretty much should have an easy win in that game if it comes down to them in OKC. But Memphis and OKC play that same day, so if Memphis rests their starters, as long as OKC don't mess it up in Utah tonight or something like that, then OKC could probably free walk into the playoffs because Memphis is going to rest their starters. All right, so we got to factor in. Okay, who's in the sweepstakes to try to get one, two, or three draft picks? It's going to be Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio are your three worst. And then Charlotte right there. Charlotte right the there. Jazz, the Jazz Jazz already have 36 oh, I'm sorry. wins. I forgot about the Jazz. But, but, yeah, but Charlotte's ahead of the Jazz as far as the odds, the lottery ball odds. And so there was that report that came out today about the Western Conference executive saying we won too many games. And my first thought was that was either Utah or Portland. Mm, San Antonio. Maybe. It was an anonymous exec, right? Right. It was anonymous. Yep. So, So is there a particular playoff series that you're looking forward to more than others based off of where we sit right now? I think uh, I like Warriors Kings. I think those games might be one thirty one to one thirty. Uh, I like Suns Clippers simply because yep, that's the one I was going to choose. Uh-huh. I like uh, I like KD. Paul George comes back. Um, everyone talks about like I watch a lot of random podcast clips, and everyone talks about how effortless it is for KD to just 
take your best defender and just put him in a blender. Like he knows exactly what he wants to do. I think it'd be kind of cool to see him up against Kawhi and Paul George. Like basically an older combination of Tatum and Brown. So I don't know why you be doing year. me like that. How do you do me like that? Because I brought that up two weeks ago and you were like, nah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it'll be as effective as it was last year. I don't, uh-huh. but I would like to see is the ankle healthy? Is the chemistry right? Can he put it together? Like we were talking about earlier, it's like which one of these teams has the guy that just can just get you over the hump? The guy that makes the play. Boston has Tatum. Tatum just makes the play. I know people think that he's not doing enough, but if you look at the playoffs, um, you know, when he matched up against Giannis Granny, hit that long bank shot a couple of years ago from three. I believe it was in the bubble. I'm not sure. I think it might have been like the second when we came out of the bubble in a season where there's like limited fans, hit the bank shot three against Giannis. Last year in the first round, game one against Brooklyn, he gets the pass from Marcus Smart, hits the layup. Like he just makes plays 50 points a couple years before, like a year before that when they were kind of outnumbered in the playoffs against Brooklyn. You know, I just think certain players can just get you over the hump. Giannis, the way he can just affect the game on both ends of the floor. Jimmy Butler, the way Jimmy Butler can just will guys to victory. I like those teams. I like those matchups. I, I don't think Philly has a guy like that. So the 3-6 matchup of if Philly gets the heat again, there's there literally shouldn't be a person in the NBA that could stop and be from getting 40. Well, Jimmy he Butler's been doing three. a good job on him tonight. He shoots 80-something percent from the free throw line, and he's 7 feet tall, 280 pounds. He should be dropping 40 all the time. But for some reason, it's like it, – it just, it just doesn't feel like in the playoffs – he is he's he's because he's you know what he's the equivalent of what Shaq was as far as like the size, the speed, you, you, you the know athleticism. What? It's because he thinks he Trey Young. He just sits around Even and cries all I know, but I'm just saying oh, he just the sits around calls? and cries. He cries all game long. And then, you know, instead of posting somebody up, because we don't do that no more, the women do it, but we don't do it. He yeah. just gets the ball at the top of the key. Turns into a Lajuan mixed with Allen Iverson, and when he don't get the call out, he takes a few plays off, and it affects his game going. Why forward. do these guys care that much about the foul call? To me, I I find it easier to play hit the layup through contact, or just as easy. Like if I'm going to the rim and I'm gonna lay the ball up. And I'm five eight and a half, five nine on a good day. Get the contact, lay the ball up. If you're that demoralized, them. It's like if you're that much bigger than these guys. Like, how do you cry about getting slapped on the wrist? Like, you know, you get, you're gonna get twenty five shots. You're the best player on the team. Eventually, and, oh, by the way, you're gonna get you're gonna get the call. And oh, by the way, you're still probably going to shoot somewhere between ten and twelve free throws easy it was like you you can't get every call because the thing that blows my mind about when these guys i know we're getting on a sidetrack if you're complaining about every foul call and the, the rest call it and then you go to your end and you're playing defense and they call it you ask for it 
You literally asked for it on your end of the floor when you had the ball. Hey, I need you to call this tighter. And then when they do, now you're mad. <laughs> Just play. Because yeah, like so, when they play so pick up ball, they don't complain that much. So I think for me, I do Clippers Suns, but I'm still holding out hope for Warriors Suns just so I can get KD against the Warriors. So the way that people want these storylines in college basketball, that's how I view the NBA sometimes. You know, I could dig Sacramento Golden State because they're not that far apart. And the old guard against the new guard. So I can bob with that, but I'd rather have Suns Warriors just from the standpoint of last year the Warriors won the title and everybody said, see, they don't need KD or whatever, like, KD's revenge. I want Roman's revenge, you know? So then of course, just because of old school, well, not necessarily old school, but 2002 and all that, I would actually like to see Lakers Kings. That would be fun. And I would like to see the Warriors end up in the play in just because we haven't had that. We know we were talking about VCU, how they came from the first four to the final four. I'd like to see if the Warriors can come from play in and be that team that breaks through the mold and gets to a Western Conference final, or and, and, or, or if they end up with the seven seed. Give me Memphis and Golden State. Golden State that had to come through to play in, and now they're still the big batch defending champion, but so now you got the Warriors in the West. falling into falling no, to no, play in. No, 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 like, no, but no. It's like, just like your hypothetical, you'd have them fall into the yeah, play yeah, in yeah. just to get the seven, yeah. so you get your two seven matchup of it's just is this odd to see Suns, Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, four, five, six, seven. Like I don't yeah. think anyone picked I, that beginning preseason. Yeah, I'm not saying if you, if you put a parlay on and you nailed this, you if you put a ten dollar parlay down the beginning of the season, he's like, This is how the Western Conference, like you picked all 15 of these. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's probably like a five hundred thousand dollar payout. This <laughs> yeah, I'm not chaotic. saying yeah, I'm not saying that's what's gonna happen. I'm saying that's what I would like to see. So, like, if Dallas yeah. were to somehow get in, I would love Dallas to end up with the eight and play against Denver in the first round. Jokic against Luca, just from the standpoint of that's that's the one team that probably plays defense as bad as Dallas and Sacramento. That Denver would like. Might poop, they, they might poop themselves, you know what I mean, if they saw Dallas at the bottom of the bracket. Because, like, yeah. dude, like I'm not saying Dallas is this good team, but Kyrie and Luka can win you a game in a series. So that could be an yeah, interesting and series. you are a tripping because they don't play a bit <laughs> of defense. That's what it's, I just said. But there's no defense, and it's, just, it's the same thing. It's like, I think Luca is a guy. See. He's I, I like to call him backpack guys like a Kobe. Get in my backpack. I'm gonna carry this <laughs> over the hump. I don't yeah. know if Kyrie is the guy that I think Kyrie's like, listen, all right, cool. You got the backpack. All right, I got the carry on. Some of y'all can hop in here with me too. And I'm gonna also carry us because he, he did that with, with LeBron. It's not a negative thing. Right. I just think that they're right. they're both more alpha, but the chemistry didn't work. The you know, like if you have right, like right. and stuff, have the chemistry where Clay can get you. Like I said, we've seen him drop 37 points in a quarter. Steph can get you 40 something points in a game before when you're down 2 1 in the series. Like they have that and they can do it at the same time or they could do it in different games. But I think they both have the same. Like 
I can get us over the hump. But they, I think they have that trust. Draymond knows how to get the ball. Like some of these bounce passes that he throws these guys off these little rub screens, it's, it's incredible. But that's chemistry. I don't think Dallas has any of that. So I think they no, were, they don't. they're they don't. better off shutting. If, if they are concerned with the optics of shutting down, I can get that. But realistically, you're better off not playing four to five more games after the year remaining two. So you got two games left because you're not going to get more than the five game series, a gentleman's sweep. So why, why play those additional so, seven games? So keeping it realistic, keeping it realistic. I might want to see new Orleans and Memphis, especially if you could get Zion back, you know, Zion and Ja. you know, that draft, you know, that's, there's a storyline there. You my, know, well, my, I mean, I've never seen you this hopeful. I've never seen you just ignore <laughs> facts. I'm telling and no, ignore no, no, real no. evidence. I'm t- no, that I'm telling you. Playing. No, the question was, what it. do you? No, the question was, what do you want to see? I didn't say these are things that are going to happen. I'm no, no, telling no, no. you things that I would like that you to even see. Want it? Like you, you're wanting something that just it just. I don't think it's gonna ha- like it can happen. I like the yes, matchup idea of the teams that are actually playing. I like right, that. Right, right. You have it's right. like you have that Aaron Rodgers. We're not mathematically out, and then you play the <laughs> whole season, and now you're trying to go to the Jets. But you could have just sat, let Jordan Love play. Maybe he would have been terrible, and then they'd be like, "Hey, Aaron, you know that fifty-nine million dollars we want to give you? Yeah, we're gonna give it. We're gonna get rid of this Jordan Love guy." But now they're like, "Well, you didn't give us any choice, so." You're out because you were thinking a little too much in the fantasy realm with the ayahuasca. Right, right, right. It's the teams at the bottom. How All we I like, know how is we dislike the NCAA tournament for these these low seeds making it on. And NBA is going to be man. Like, All I know realistically, is All I one know through is... four are probably going to win their first round. Hey, all I all I know is right. We got Phoenix and Denver tonight. Hopefully Jokic plays because I don't I think see anybody's going to play. I, I would I hope tomorrow night. Tomorrow night we got Golden State at road game, road game. We got Golden State at Sacramento. We got Phoenix at the Lakers. And of course we haven't seen KD and LeBron match up for 2 3 years or something like that. One of them's going to sit. I hope not. Yeah, I, I I really 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 hope not. You know, um, on the on April 9th, you know, which I believe is Sunday, maybe or Easter. Sunday, yep. Y- yeah, Shout out to my pops. Easter. Happy birthday! Yeah, happy birthday, pops. We got Philly and Brooklyn, which could be a first round preview if they play players. You know, so I mean, I don't know. We got Clip Buns. I don't know if anybody's going to play because Phoenix will probably definitely have the four locked up by then. So we so. got two games left for most of these teams. Three. Well, Philly's playing their 80th game now. So we got two games. I mean, a lot of movement can happen. And I'm excited about the movement, but I'm also realistic that these teams wouldn't be 41 and 39, 41, 39, 40 and 40, 42 and 38 if they were, if they had championship 
pedigree currently on the roster, not as individual players, but just like currently as their rosters are all constructed, you would be in a better position to win. It's rare that well, we had Akeem Olajuwon in Houston. They were six seeds, won the NBA championship. That was 20, about 28 years ago. Something like yeah, that, 27, like 90, 28. In between the, in the in that Jordan retirement window. Right. So it just it the just Jordan started, quit it just window. Yeah. The Jordan, the Jordan retirement. I need a break from carrying the league for all these years. One day I'll give him credit for that. Uh but I, right. like I said, I like these matchups. I like the, the 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 allure of it, but it just it just seems like man. All right, so it's gonna right be now, such an uphill battle for most of these teams, five through nine. So right now. And of course, we'll we'll revisit this because matchups might change, and we're going to look at numbers and all that stuff like that. But right now, what's your finals matchup as of today? I'm gonna go chalk, man, and say Bucks Nuggets. I just yeah, I, think, say- I just think that their best players, each team's best player, is the like the glue of the the entire op, like that the, they're vital to the entire operation of the team, and they are effective. Yeah, for right now, for right now, I'm gonna go Boston and Memphis. So I'm gonna take both the two seeds right now, you know. But like I said, we're gonna run some numbers, so we're gonna have some real predictions coming up soon. Playoffs starting um, April 16th, I believe, is when the actual playoffs start. So we'll come back to that with some real predictions, but that's what I'm thinking right now. So last question before we put the bow on it, what finals matchup would you want to see? I mean, I think a Warriors-Boston rematch would be kind of dope. Like the new rivalry. Boston wins it this time. Like, I think I think that'd be dope. I think that'd get people into it both of them uh, going I mean, to the white house uh yeah i think so i think they i think uh i think trump <laughs> i think trump would invite them no i'm kidding uh i mean i think i mean this this is total wishful thinking if the nba could get Lakers celtics if they just got to bring tim donahue back and have him ref a few series let's <laughs> say have him and scott foster and uh, what's the old boy name that doesn't like uh, doesn't like Van Fleet? They get them together oh, on the team. Uh, ben Taylor. Crew. Yeah, Ben Taylor. Maybe yeah. bring Joey Crawford back. Now, I think we can make something <laughs> happen to where we can get Boston versus L.A. Uh, but mathematically, I think, it's I possible. Would, so I think that'd be kind of dope to see. I think I would like to see Golden State Milwaukee. You know, I want Giannis Ooh. to close the door on Golden State. Ooh, I like I like that. I don't know if it really closed the door though. But I just know if the late great Tupac was here, he would say, "You live in fantasies, Mike. I reject your deposit." (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) yeah. So Gilbert Arenas, you know, apparently, you know, he was the reason that the Lakers didn't get Chris Paul and what you dub. You know, as the NBA letting the Lakers run roughshod over the league and getting Paul Gasol, 
anyway, even though they did Chris Paul, you still crap on it because they gave up Mark Gasol. So yeah, you they know. gave up, like I said, we went over this. They gave up Mark Gasol for Paul Gasol. Jerry West was the GM in Memphis. He's the Laker. I'm like, come on. Is this Hold like up. hey, wasn't wasn't uh was Kale like the coach or something when uh Garnett went to Boston? Yeah, like Kevin McHale was the coach like and GM when he went to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> so literally, like I think I might have read something or heard something that Jerry West was like, okay, cool. Mikhail, you're gonna give Garnett to Boston for nothing. I'm gonna give Paul Gasol to Kobe in LA for nothing. And Marcus Gasol turned out <laughs> to be something, but it was like right. I wouldn't do that. So Gilbert Arenas, I love Gilbert Arenas. I think he has like he has like a shock jock DJ kind of personality, but I think I think he's a, I think he's authentic because I you could tell by the way like his former teammates talk about him and how they interact with him. Mainly his Arizona guys, Richard Jefferson, uh, Channing Fry, Iguodala. The way they talk about like like Iguodala said on uh, Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay podcast, he was like. Gilbert Arenas is the best player to ever come out of University of Arizona. He was like, really? He was like, the best player to come out of Arizona was Gilbert Arenas. And he's like, he was, he's like, really? He was like, I stand on it. So I think people really like him. Uh, but he was all, I think he was a smart guy. And I think the way he broke this down, I think he had a little bit more perception than we give him credit for. Because he does say a lot of stuff that people don't like. But one thing that he said that he did, he purposely had himself slip to the second round so he can get his contract extension earlier because second rounders weren't locked in to the same length of contract as a first round. He's like, I knew I was going to be good, but I knew it wasn't going to be a lottery pick. So like, what's the point of going 17 to 30 when I can just go 33? in the second round, ball out, get my extension. And him and Richard Jefferson, he said they were playing a game. Richard was still playing for the Nets. And he was like, hey, Richard, they gave me $60 million or something like that. Like, he was screaming it to him <laughs> in the warm-ups because he got his contract because he only had to play two years to get his extension, whereas these other guys had to play three or four. So Gilbert's a smart dude. The trade, because remember the whole amnesty thing, I don't know if they still do it in the NBA, but that was like one of those things like we are signing too many bad contracts because like Jawan <laughs> Howard got a hundred million, KG got a hundred, I think Shaq got over a hundred. So all these guys are getting these big deals when people started getting hundred million dollar deals. So Gilbert Arenas, being wise that he is, positioned himself to get one. So he got 111. But he's probably a knucklehead. I imagine that he just didn't start this way, like the stuff he says now. So the trade that he said. Was gonna end. They were gonna end up. LA was gonna end up with Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant, the White Howard, and him. With the no, no, that's what it was. It was gonna be. But they were gonna amnesty him still. Orlando was gonna amnesty him. But they were gonna space two max slots. Two max slots, which would have gotten them Dwayne Wade and LeBron, or Dwayne Wade. And Chris Bosch or Chris Bosch and LeBron. Yeah, yeah because and back then, then the, the max slot was only 12 or 13 million. 
Kobe was eating up 24 million. He's like, so the year after that, they would have got rid of LA could have got rid of Kobe and got in two more max players like Stoudemire and like a Nash or something like that. Something crazy like that. And the he said Mark Cuban peeped it, was like, no, we can't let that happen because <laughs> some people just have that kind of foresight. And I think Gilbert has it. I think he's I think he's very smart and I think he saw it. And I think Mark Cuban's a very smart guy. And he saw it. He was like, no, we can't do this. And I think the message got around because you can't have Kobe, LeBron, Dwight Howard, Chris Bosh on the same team. <laughs> yeah. You like if you if you set your team up like that on a video game and you like sat down next to your cousin, like you made some trades and he sat down, he was ready to play you in 2K, and he saw that lineup, he leave. He wouldn't even like he dropped the controller and walk out. Like, I'm not playing you with this team. Imagine you showed up to a real arena and LeBron, Kobe, Dwight Howard, like prime Dwight Howard, like post championship run Dwight Howard, three time defensive MVP Dwight Howard. Like, not that Dwight Howard end up with Steve Nash and Kobe, like, not that one, but like Superman touching the top of the backboard Dwight Howard. They would have gone. So, so they would have gone ninety-eight. No. So I'm so I'm stuck now. So, are we saying best player at Arizona, or are we saying like best NBA career of a player that came from Arizona? He he. What he said was the best player from Arizona. Because I'm like, yo, there Period. was some Damon Stoudemire. There was some Jason Terry. Like you know, like I don't know. He used the example that Gilbert Arenas dropped sixty. Wearing Dolce Gabbana shoes, yeah, in LA. Brandon Jenny and Brandon Jenny's dropped fifty five. Okay, so so like you know, so as I'm looking at this, this is another situation that I was two five on, you know, because I was like, why would the Horn do that? And then I had to think back to it, and I was like, actually, David Stern was running the Hornets at the time, you know, so like he had no on the team, right? Right. So he had a responsibility, to, in my opinion, to not jack it up for whoever was going to buy the team. So that's first and foremost. I'm not going to do anything that is going to make the next owner, one, not want this team. And I can't, I can't make this trade where this team is trying, we're trying to find an owner for this team, and they got the absolute of this deal. Now, I know Laker fans get upset at me when I say stuff like that because they just wanted Chris Paul on the Lakers by hook or by crook. But that's another tooth moment because I didn't want Chris Paul on the Lakers. Not because I hate the Lakers, because I do. Lord knows I do. But it has nothing to do with that. Lord knows I do. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. So, reading this, you know... Paul Gasol would have went to the Rockets and Lamar Odom would have went to New Orleans to bring Chris Paul back to L.A. Uh, Jeannie Buss said that the trade fell apart due to a miscommunication between Stern and Del Demps, who was the GM of the Hornets at the time. So, of course, you know, in my notes, How do you miscommunicate in the trade? So of course I don't oh. know Pat Riley. Pat Riley was taking a nap during the trade this year, apparently. 
you know, but it's so funny because in my notes it even says Raph said that the Lakers fleeced everybody. <laughs> but uh so so Constantly. with Houston, yeah. So so Houston was trying to come off of the Martin contract that I don't understand how he got in the first place. But then all this would have worked out and Houston would they would have ended up Kyle, but not Mike Lowry. Paul Gasol, Patrick Patterson, Marcus Morrison, Chandler Parsons as their core. That's a pretty good team, you know. That's not bad. Time. That was, yeah, that was before Chandler Parsons started getting hurt every year and all that good that's stuff. A, so, that's a 44 to 44, 44 win team, 44 and, 38. Oh, and also, and also coming off of Luis Scola's contract. That was the other thing. They wanted to give rid of Luis Scola's contract. So, New Orleans would have got out of this whole mess. They would have got Kevin Martin, Luis Scola, Goran Dragic, and Lamar Odom. And they already had on their roster, they already had on their roster Jarrett Jack, Trevor Ariza, Ameka Okafor, Jason Smith, my Maryland Terp Grievous Vasquez. So if I'm the so if I'm the Hornets, even if I'm not David Stern and I'm just the actual owner of a, of the Hornet or yeah they were the Hornets at the time, I would have been like, get out of my office. <laughs> you are not leaving me with Kevin Martin and Luis Scola, you know. While you get Paul Gasol, you get Chris Paul. Now, granted, you could buy them out. You could do some. Lamar work. Odom was versatile, and this is before the Kardashian crack years. And he was <laughs> he was original ball handling, six ten unicorn, left handed. A lot of guys couldn't defend him. But what I found interesting that I didn't this remember is true point guard. Yeah, what I found interesting that I didn't remember at the time of the trade was once the once the deal was over, like once they decided that the deal wasn't going to happen, I forgot that the Horn, I mean the Clippers had brought in Chauncey Billups and Karan Butler. And then they added Chris Paul to that. They added Chris Paul to that. Everyone was like and everyone was like, "Yo, you really going to veto the Laker trade and then let him still go to LA but to the Clippers?" Right. Right, so so with that, Eric Gordon and Chris Kamen would have went to New Orleans as well. You know, they had the expiring contracts because Eric Gordon was involved. Because remember, there was a they few have, years they where, would have had a good squad. Just they would have been without Chris Paul. I don't think so. It's not. I don't think. They, I don't think it was a bad deal for them. If we think, because granted, we're thinking about it in hindsight. They would have probably like, ended up. They would have probably ended up near the lottery, you know. So it could have worked out depending on who was coming out the draft that year and all that stuff. Because that might have been the Kyrie draft, if I remember correctly. So you know, so they twenty. When did LeBron? No, Kyrie was twenty twelve. Right? Was he twelve? <clears throat> okay. Because LeBron left this summer. This would have been eleven. This would have been 11. Yeah. yeah, so coming out of the 2011 lockout. So that's when LeBron went to But Miami. that's what I'm saying. That that season would have played, and I think they would have been in play for Kyrie at the end of that season. That would have been 2012, and they might have been able to get Kyrie in that draft. Oh, yeah. But they would have if, to if, if, my, if my math is No correct, one's going right, to be worse than Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, that's Cleveland was true. awful. Yeah, you no know, one's going to be worse than Cleveland. 
Yeah, because I remember this. Like Eric Gordon for like two or three years kept trying to leave. Like I'm gonna sign with Phoenix, but then the Hornets would match. You know, like I'm gonna go to the the uh, Hornets from the Clippers, but then it fell through and all this kind of stuff happened. And Eric Gordon was just kind of in limbo. And this started the whole. Asked to leave, they said no. Asked to stay, they said no. I was like, "What do you want me to do then?" Yeah, and and this was what started the Clipper run of Blake Griffin, Andre Jordan, and all that. That apparently I was the two five and only person in the world that didn't see them as a championship contender. But if LeBron going to Miami caused what it caused, I could just imagine how awful this would have been for the NBA to end up with Kobe, Dwight Howard. Two max slots, Chris Paul. The NBA would have been over. Like, forget Durant going to Golden State. The NBA would have been over. And we wouldn't have a GOAT conversation. Because if LeBron and Kobe were on the same, would have been on the same team, not a person on earth would have been like either one of them compares to Jordan. Because there's no way Jordan would have matched up with Dominique Wilkins or whatever somebody would have said, or he never would have had Magic Johnson on his team. They would have won a lot of championships. Yeah, That team so, healthy. So, yeah. Because LeBron's they still won, playing. They, yeah, they would, have, they would have probably had a, they would have did a four-peat or something you know, and uh, uh, injuries provided, you know. I think uh, I but, think the other teams would have boycotted. Yeah, and then, and then also the Hornets would have ended up with Al Farouk Aminu and they would have got Minnesota's 2012 first round pick as well. You know, they would have got a whole lot of filler, basically, is what this comes down to. Like, Kevin Martin's contract wasn't worth it. You know, like they would have probably amnestied him. You know, Louis Scola was on his last legs by then. But the like rest of it is. Yard. Yeah, the rest of like, it was okay, right, just, though. Just drop like, your car off here. We'll take care of it. We'll, so, yeah, so, we'll, so this we'll is the breaks off resell them type. So, so this is the core problem because Kobe gets his the way the way that it ended up. Kobe gets his Paul Gasol, so he gets his big man that he typically needed to win his championships. You know, uh, the Clippers get Chris Paul, which started their bootleg run that everybody thought they was a contender, but me. And then the Hornets are left holding the bag. Now, if it originally goes down the way that it's supposed to go down, then maybe Houston's a contender with Paul Gasol, depending on what they had on the rest of their roster. You I know, think, um, I think the but the Hornets are still outraged. holding the bag. Yeah, yeah but the, the Hornets, Hornets either the way Hornets goes, would have got the raw end of that deal, no matter what, unless they would have gotten I, Paul Gasol and Lamar Odom, and then somehow an Andy Gilbert Arenas can get there and now you have Gilbert Arenas, Paul Gasol, Lamar Odom, you got something. You got but something, you know. If Gilbert could go anywhere he wants to go, he's right. going to LA on his amnesty right. deal and he could probably sign like a cheap two million dollar deal or whatever. And now he's on that team with his whole sixty six million he had left from Orlando that he got from Washington down in Orlando. He would have got that whole check, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll play for you know a little the, for some chunks." The change. way that I understood but, but, this, but I think the league would have been upset because that would have been basically the Lakers getting another another dynasty run because you would have had oh, it, Shaq Shaq going to L.A., then they drafted Kobe, 
they go to the championship. They get a three-peat, and then they lose to Detroit. Shaq leaves. Then Kobe has, you know, his down years. Then he gets Paul in that trade from Jerry West in Memphis from Marcus Hall. Then he goes back to three more, three straight finals, wins two. And then when he's essentially done with, you know, like the way the Lakers were currently constructed after those three, that three years in a row winning the West, it's like, all right, cool. Now we're going to give you a 26 year old Chris Paul. We're going to give you, well, uh, 20 something Dwight Howard. And then we're going to give you this guy, Hibachi, that can go for 60. You need well, you know, Orlando's you need the, well, well, you know, Orlando's the one that dodged the bullet because they would have lost Dwight Howard just to end up with Andrew Bynum. Yo, Andrew Bynum wasn't a bad player. He fit. No, he, he wasn't. But, 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 we, rings. but, but we have the hindsight of knowing how his career ended. You know what I mean? Like, it so just the ended abruptly. Like, he just it was like an Irish yeah. goodbye. He just. All of a sudden, he was on the bench with the afro and the button-up shirts, yep. and then he was gone. I don't know and what bench he was on. I just remember he had the, the fro. He had like the 70s to, fro. I guess it's safe for me to turn this uh, Phoenix game off. You know, uh, no Mario Yoich. <laughs> I mean, you got Devin you Booker, know, Aiden, and KD. De- DeAndre Jordan as the star center. Reggie Jackson. Yeah, Reggie Jackson, Katie, his goggles. Katie in the purple sneakers. Oh, Chris yeah, Paul's like, out there, you know, too. You know, so, yeah, like, um, well, they still got to win to clinch the four. Like, they got to win this game to clinch the fourth seed tonight. So then, they'll, like you said, they'll probably get their guys against the Lakers tomorrow, provided that they win this game. So, you know. But, yeah, Orlando dodged the bullet just the because. Audience. I'm looking at the audience, too. It's pretty empty. Yeah, so Orlando dodged the bullet just because we saw how Andrew Bynum's career ended. Like, in the moment, they might not have felt like, you know, Bynum was going to be a bad consolation prize. But now we have hindsight being 2020. We know how it ended. Same thing with Lamar. We know how it ended. So in, real time, baby. It, so, so in real time, it probably didn't look that way. But I just always felt that David Stern had a responsibility to not make a trade just for the sake of making a trade. And that since he was the custodian of the Hornets at the time to not the new owner coming in in a position of failure to start out. Yeah. They just sold him to the saints owner anyway. Probably gave him a nice. Yeah, they, time they did. I mean, but we didn't know at the time. Yeah. Like, so, but, but, but yeah, so I never had a problem with Chris Paul, not going to the Lakers. Like I would have loved to probably seen Chris Paul play with Kobe. Cause I just imagine it would have been great basketball. I was a I big Kobe so. guy, you know, I but I worked. but I I think it would have worked. I mean, if, if Chris Harden could make a Western Conference Finals with James Harden, why not? I mean, I want to say it could work. I just never seen Kobe with a traditional point guard because Derek Fisher was they, a traditional point guard. Well, they would have definitely clashed. dribbling the ball. They would have definitely um, clashed because they both had that the triangle. Like, to... Was it who was the coach then? Because Phil wasn't the coach. Phil was done by then, right? Was that, was that uh was that uh that wasn't D'Antoni, was it? Let's see. Cause I know because I know that the Lakers had Mike Brown for a few games, fired him one season. 
Yeah, it was Mike Brown. So he so so Mike Brown was the coach in 11-12, coached like the first five games of 12-13, and then they fired him and brought D'Antoni in. Yeah, so they had Mike Brown, Bernie Bickerstaff. So so like I think Kobe coach, and then Dan Kobe Tony. And Paul, Kobe and Chris Paul would have flashed because they were on my, you know, all time doing too much team. So I'm sure they would have gr- grinded on each other in the locker room, probably been able to do dealing with both Luke of them. Walton got two hundred and forty six games as the uh Lakers head coach. Ain't that something? That's that's surprising. He went ninety-eight. So that's already that's already setting up bad though. He had two hundred forty six games coach. <laughs> he went ninety-eight oh, and one forty. So effortless. Durant is just so effortless. You know. Oh, but yeah, so all right. So I'm, I'm listening. You know, I'm just I just want to be I'm as high as Gilbert Arenas is because you know, at the end of you know, because I was listening to him. Basically, his whole basis was he was the reason that the deal didn't go down. You know, <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, you know, I, I mean, I, I wish, I wish I could sit in some of these rooms and, because I mean, I, I, I do believe there could be some validity to what he's saying. You know, I just think he's overstating it just a tad, just a tad. I mean, if if what if the the scenario that he laid out, if that is the scenario that Mark Cuban also cultivated in his head, I can see it being like looking around, like yeah, that's that wouldn't be a good look. But speaking of which, before we move on, you know, it 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 makes me think like Mark Cuban had Dirk and. You know, they, they ended up winning the title later with the old team. But I was sitting around thinking today as I was looking back through this, and I was like, hey, they had Dirk, Steve Nash, Michael Finley, and, you know, pop quiz real quick, pop quiz real quick. So after all that, Dirk played with one all-star the rest of his career. You remember who that was? After the championship or after no, Steve after, Nash? After, after the Steve Nash years. Yeah, after the Steve Nash years. He played with one star after that. Nope. Well, all-star while he played with Dirk. That's what I'm saying. No. Not Jason Terry. I don't think he's ever an all-star. One more guess, and then we'll move on. Tyson Chandler. It was Josh Howard. Was an all star? Yes. He was. He was. <laughs> he was. He, I liked. I liked his. Like his. I liked build. his game. He was like. He was yeah. like part of that first new wave of the six seven six eight ball handler, defender. Like he was that the Jason Tatum precursor. You know what I mean? But his yeah. his career fizzled out too. Yeah, it, it really did. You know, he reminds me of somebody that's playing today that I just can't think of right now, like Richardson, that he played for Boston and Miami. I can't think of his first name right now. Uh, but anyway, so Matt Jones, who? Matt Jones, who? 
apparently Matt Jones was on the move or at least being discussed in trades by Bill Belichick. What is Bill Belichick doing, Raph? He don't like Mac Jones. I don't like Mac Jones either, but still. But the problem is that's New England's fault. We can look at the highlights. You can look at Devontae Smith highlights, Robert Michi highlights from that year that they won the national championship, the COVID year. It was like that many fans in the stands. This dude had four or five yards in the pocket where no one was there. The best offensive line, the Heisman Trophy wide receiver, even the Mac Jones highlight tape that they played at the draft and all the pre-draft information on ESPN. I mean, he was throwing the guys that were two, three, four yards wide open all the time. And then you go to New England where they do not, short of Randy Moss, they don't get you a big top flight wide receiver. They don't make trades for him. They don't like when DeAndre Hopkins went for a second round pick and David Johnson. Like New England, they had to be somewhere like, yo, we have plenty of these picks because you get them because you trade defensive players a year early and then you get all these picks and you don't move them to get. Just go get that wide receiver, even if it doesn't fit New your England scheme entirely. Give, get New England should just give up the first. <laughs> When's the last time they did something with a first round draft pick? <laughs> oh, pretty pretty much never. Pretty much never. Yeah, I, I think I think he's like old for his career. On first round picks, <laughs> especially first round defensive picks, he picks corners and stuff like that. It's just like, I think he has a scheme, but with his scheme, he can get players from other teams that other teams don't like. Is like, listen, I just need you to work this 15 yard radius here and do this. Keep your eyes on the quarterback, drop back this many yards, come up this many yards. That's it. And I think he's good with that. But when you draft a guy and you want to lock him up one-on-one as a corner or something like that, he just can't do it. So with Mac Jones, it's like, I think Mac Jones is one of those guys that can't do the next thing that you need him to do. I don't think he can get you. I don't think he makes deep throws at all. I don't know if they don't call him. And it could be a byproduct of the fact that he had a special teams coach and a defensive coordinator who both got fired from their head coaching jobs coming back to try to teach him something. I think if you learn under Nick Saban, you get then you get drafted with Bill Belichick, you go to the Pro Bowl, and then he essentially gives you two uh I won't say losers because that's dismissive, but two I'll unproven say it. losers. Two unproven uh coaching philosophy philosophers to try to get you over the hump like literally one game like for like three or four weeks straight he just kept coming off the field saying your play calling sucks stop running the ball like throw the ball and matt patricia like oh we're gonna throw this bubble screen to the right they won't see it coming like you mean the same one we do in the first and second quarter yeah that one same they formation yeah they won't, think they won't see it coming. Again. <laughs> there's no way to think we do it again in the end of the you know third quarter so that's and that's what happened. Is like it just didn't it didn't work, and he's gonna be the scapegoat scapegoat for it. He threw fourteen touchdowns and eleven interceptions. He played in. He started fourteen games. 
his rookie year, he went 10 and 7, 67.6% completion, 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, made the Pro Bowl, the degree. Um, you know, it was a great move. I think you should move him. He's young. But like we said, I mean, what team are you going to send him to? What team's going to well, take like, Matt Jones? I, I, like, so I came up with Tennessee and Indianapolis, but Indianapolis is obviously probably going to draft a quarterback. So that's out. So I'm stuck with just Tennessee. Maybe I, initially I said Washington as well, but I forgot that Washington picked up Jacoby Brissett. So probably not. And Sam Howell, I guess, is going to be the starter. You know, I thought about the Raiders since McDaniels is trying to do the Patriots West thing, but then he picked up Brian so you got Hoyer the other day. I don't necessarily so have him as, him a, as backup. a backup. I don't I don't necessarily have him as a backup. I don't think he is backup quality. I think he still can be a starter. I just think that most jobs are filled right now. That's the thing. Like, where does he fit in? So I brought up the Rams because there were talks that they might listen to offers for Stafford if somebody was willing to do it. So I could see that one and maybe even possibly bring them in for this year. Let Stafford play this year. You move forward with Jones next year, something along those lines potentially. But no, for the record, I do not believe he is a backup. I think he is good enough to be a starter or at least the potential is there for him to be a starter, you know, but I just don't see where, as of this moment today, I don't see where as the rosters are constructed because Carolina is going to draft a quarterback. You know, uh, San Francisco picked up Sam. Sam, yeah, uh, San Francisco picked up Sam Darnold already. You know, um, so maybe, so maybe the Ravens, if they they come off of Lamar, like maybe do this two first round Matt Jones for Lamar thing. You know, then they're you not got, seeing Lamar until week eleven. And that's impossible. Then, then you got um, Chicago wouldn't pick him up because you yeah. know you don't want the controversy. You know, once he gets and there, him. and he can't do the, the, he can't do what your starter does. Right, he can't do what uh, Justin Fields does. So as I'm going down the rest of the league, I'm going to trade him to the Jets if the Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't work out because you probably don't want to trade if him. If that a doesn't division work rival. out. You got to fire every GM involved. If that <laughs> doesn't work out, it's like, listen, y'all are fired. Well, Gutekunst probably should have been gone years ago anyway, but, you know. I don't think he did a bad thing. I think the playoffs uh, did it to Aaron Rodgers. Gutekunst getting all the players that he needed. The but trading I heard Denver. the first round to get Jordan Love was a bad move. So so I heard Denver as a possibility. But, again, but that puts Matt Jones as a backup. You know, I don't know why. why that's just what people, that's what people are. I mean, you got to have some kind of insurance policy in case Russ stinks up the joint some more. You know, I guess they got Jarrett Stidham. But, you know, is he going to be the guy? Like, you know, you can't come off of Russ's contract for like two more seasons after this one. And Seattle you got to pay Reese- Mac next year. Seattle re-signed Geno and they still got Andrew Locke you know, coming off the bench, you know, maybe Arizona could grab him for a flyer with Kyler Murray out this year, but I don't think you're coming off of Kyler Murray in the future to make that work. You can't come off you of know. him because he just signed his extension. So, it's so Tennessee. he's about to get paid this answer. year. Tennessee is Tennessee it because is... they don't believe in their backup and Tannehill, I don't think they believe in him. 
I right. think that's your so, best shot. So so now for New England, right? So so for New England, right? Western Kentucky go topper stand up. Uh, they barely zappy. You remember the Monday night football game against the Bears? Bailey Zappy came in and provided that spark. Not saying yeah, that he's they, the they long term. Twelve play action passes in a row. <laughs> I'm not saying he's the long term uh, answer or anything like that. But here we go, Raph, because you know always solution oriented. So my first thought was: Is this Belichick versus Kraft round two? You know, Jimmy G, Tom Brady. Is this that all over again? Where Kraft likes Mac Jones. Belichick's is like, he's get him out of here. But apparently there was some tension because Mac Jones went outside of the Patriot family for mentorship and to try to gain uh, knowledge. And Belichick didn't like that. But I thought about it because the Patriots do a lot of dumb things for a team that has been successful. So you got Anthony Richardson and all these guys at the top of the draft. None of them strike me. Is Patriots guys? Me as Patriots guys. Max Dugan, <laughs> Aiden O'Connell out of Mac- Purdue, Tanner Stance, Tanner McKee out of Stanford, Tan Morgan out of Minnesota, Clayton Toon out of Houston, Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. Those dudes remind me of Patriot dudes. So if you so if you don't believe in Bailey Zappi and you don't want to go forward with him as the starter, you want to keep him as the backup, then you draft one of those dudes, let the chips fall where they may, you release Mac Jones and let his market determine where he ends up. Man, That's the solution. Winging it tonight. Mike you is out here winging it. I'm out here 2-5 it, baby. Yo, you are here just like, hey, we're gonna go from square one back to square one. Well, well, I'm saying, if, like, if you get rid of if, if you get Tennessee rid of Mac- doesn't if if Tennessee doesn't if Tennessee doesn't want to do a deal with you, then you 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 stuck like we just we, we maybe draft the maybe. best wide receiver in the draft that you can get. Just you like right now, like I said, I'm a Falcons fan. They seem to be bringing in a lot of defensive players, beefing up the defensive right. line, uh, secondary. I think with the eighth pick, there's you know always rumors that they if Jalen Car- Carter slips down to eight, I don't know because he'll still be in the state of Georgia. So is he hanging out with people who are there, and that's what's getting him in trouble? Is it the familiarity of being in Georgia? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. So I'm, always, I'm cautious about that. Talent-wise, if you can pair, if you can have Grady Jarrett, Calais Campbell, and Carter, along with uh, Carter that we already have on the team defensively, the front, I mean, that front four, the front five is just like, where are you running? Yes. Where are you? It's just ridiculous. Who are you double-teaming? Like, I mean, it's just it, – it, it could be filthy. But maybe you go Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. You just get the big corner. So you got to figure out we're going to load up somewhere. New England has to what load up on one side of the Tampa? ball to protect it. They signed Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has but proven not to be a deal. good guy too. But what are you going to do? Like, you're, you're creating a scenario where you – if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. 
you're cre- <laughs> you're creating that scenario for one guy who's trying to prove himself and one guy who's unproven and you can't both give them you can't simultaneously give them opportunities right. so you're just going to you're going to constantly be Second guessing that do I start to start this guy? New England needs to just load up on one side of the ball, get really good on defense and keep it pedestrian offense, but not so pedestrian where you have, you know, like I think Bill O'Brien would do a better job opening things up. But as long yes, as you don't have a defensive coordinator and special team coach calling the plays, I think you can keep Mac Jones because first, you like we we broke it down. Just now in this conversation, I can't imagine any other pundits coming up with a better option in Tennessee. Like if we just go, if we go east to west, where? Like where does Mac Jones go east to west? Tennessee, that's it. Atlanta's locked in on their guy. New Orleans just got their guy. Carolina's going to draft them one overall. Houston's uh, going to get their guy. Houston's going to get their guy. The, the Colts are at four. They're going to get their guy. Uh Arizona already paid their guy. Denver paid their guy. Buffalo paid their guy. The Jets have their guy in Green Bay to trying to get him over. You know, it's just like there's nowhere for him to go other than Miami sticking with Tua. Yeah. Miami sticking with Tua. Tennessee has, they drafted a guy last year, Malik Willis. If they don't believe in him, maybe that's the spot because it's proven that Tannehill, for some reason, is the fall guy for the lack of success but he does throw a lot of ill-timed interceptions like in big moments he does throw a lot of tip pass interceptions i mean that's what like happens that. when you start a wide receiver at quarterback hey but you know he knows the route he knows the route tree i remember they were like yeah. inundated with that when he ran the route tree but so if you're in new england you're not gonna get some kind of danny Ainge kind of hey i got rudy gobert let me get five picks <laughs> and four players. Like, you're not going to get that from Mac Jones. So you're better right. off getting them in the room with Bill O'Brien, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, and tell them, hey, we were shopping you. Because we expect you to be here, and you're here. And he can say, well, you gave me a defensive coordinator, special teams coach. And Bill's like, listen, Bill O'Brien's like, I can fix that. But I need you in these books. I need you doing this. I need you doing this. And he can say, hey, well, I need a six foot five wide receiver. Wherever you get him from, I need a guy with a big catch radius. If we're going to be a run heavy team, when I do throw the ball, if I'm only going to throw 25 to 30 passes a game, I need some big targets. Right. Like, and you, and you, and you hash it out. You sit down like many, you hash it out because realistically, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, and that's so, true. And it came back to me that was Josh Richardson that I'm thinking about earlier. Uh, that Josh Howard reminds me of. Okay, you know, long um, defender but, plays hard. Yeah, but but you know, um, I, I I agree with most of that. You know, I just don't see the Patriots as that type. But if the Patriots do want to go get that, because I'm Lucian's oriented. You got Quentin Johnson from TCU. You know, that could be your big receiver in the draft. Because they're not going to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, that's not how they roll. You know, I but think, you could get I Quentin. thought DeAndre Hopkins already moved. Did he already move? No. I thought that trade already happened. Okay. So, New no, England's no, sitting yet. at 
14. Yeah, you can get a good you get a good wide receiver at 14, considering that Carolina Houston, Arizona's probably gonna go defense, they're probably gonna get the defensive end from Alabama if they're smart. Indianapolis, rumor has is gonna go quarterback. Seattle's not going quarterback. I doubt they go wide receiver. Detroit probably goes defense. Maybe they, they reach probably go defense. John Robinson. Yeah. The Raiders, I have no idea what Josh Bedan is going to do. He'll probably take whoever New England wants just because he's petty. <laughs> yeah, just having a Atlanta's not going to go wide receiver. Chicago might go wide receiver. Well, I Philly don't know, won't. though. They just because because Chicago got DJ Moore and they got Claypool. You know, they oh, still yeah, got so Mooney. They, yeah. and, and they got Mooney. So I think they're probably, yeah, they should go offensive line. Philly, I think their wide receiver core is set. Tennessee could go receiver. Could go receiver. Houston with the second pick, their second pick in the first round. You get a young, short quarterback. You might want to go get, get the best wide receiver. Brandon Cooks, yeah, Brandon Cooks is gone. Yeah. So New England might have to make a move if they want to wide so, receiver. So so New England, so New England can either get Quentin, trade up for Quentin Johnson or Jackson and um, Jigba from Ohio State. One of those two could be for New England. Or, you know, knowing New England, they might go, just go get Jordan Addison for no reason at all because that's the type of stuff that they do. But, you know, but yeah. there's wide receivers. There's wide receivers to be had. Well, they got Jordan Addison ranked fourth. Yeah, he's fourth after Jalen wide receivers. from Tennessee. Yeah, from Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee is third. So um, what you I, got I Zay have, Flowers, yeah, who I like. Uh, my pro football focus has Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith, and Jigma, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. Yeah, that's that's who Josh I like. And he's the and he's the local kid because the BC. Oh, we got Michael Wilson. Hey, holla. 67th overall on the big boy out of Stanford. He's yeah, still, that sounds like a patriot. That sounds like a patriot guy. Just yeah, because he went to Stanford. And you said, "What? Who would you have? Who would you have second on your board? What you're looking at?" Um, and Jigba. Okay, so I got I got Johnston and Jigba, Hyatt, Addison, Flowers, and then Josh Downs. And Josh Downs, I like a lot, you know. But um, but I see him falling to like the Chargers or. 195 that, catches and 2,300 yards, 19 touchdowns in two years. But he's yeah. 5'10", 175. Yeah, that's why I'm saying he doesn't fit what you're saying as far as uh, – Only the Patriots, 81 they, routes on the outside. So so, so I could see that being a Herbert special to save him in the slot. The funny thing is about – so there are 10 guys – Listed as you know, this the top 10 list that I'm looking at. Only two of them they mention the height because they're both 5'10. <laughs> they don't mention they don't mention the height for any of the other players, so you're already setting that. Oh no, they got a uh, Quentin Johnson 6'4, 215. That is ridiculous. Yes. That's what I'm saying. That's your big guy right there. Then you might yeah. have to move. To what are we looking at? New England, and, you want to keep Mac Jones? 
Man, you and might, might want to call Atlanta and try to get the eight. And Smith and Jigba is 6'1", 196. Hyatt yeah. is 6 feet 176. So, you know, so that's where, like, you got to strike early. You know, because they flowers. Does Baltimore five, move nine. from 22 to does Baltimore move up from like 22 to 13 to get one of these wide receivers? Does they because if Possibly. that's the case, New England would have to call they might have to call Seattle. But you don't want to draft a receiver. Yeah, you don't want to draft a receiver that high, though. That's the thing. I don't think you need to get that high because if you think about it, if you go, if you look at five, six, seven, eight, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, Seattle, Detroit, Las Vegas, Atlanta, Chicago, Philly. I don't think all of them would get wide receivers. Maybe Detroit right. would grab one. So if maybe that, the if, Raiders, if, if Detroit doesn't, if yeah, just to put somebody so, next to Devontae Adams, yeah. Unless Atlanta wants to now load up with young talent offensively and veteran talent defensively, then maybe they take the Jigma or get a one-two punch at the wide receiver. I don't know. They just, but they just took Drake London last year. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And at the same spot at eight, so you got Drake, Kyle Pitts, and and Jigma, or Quentin Johnson if he's still there, something like that. But that seems unlikely with a team that was like 28th in pass defense that they would pass up on a corner and have. I'd rather have two corner, AJ AJ Terrell and Christian Gonzalez, and then you can get a wide receiver later. But, Uh yeah, I mean, maybe you got Baltimore jumping ahead of you. Green Bay just lost Lazard and Aaron Rodgers. They got Jordan Love, so maybe they go from 15 to 11 with Tennessee to grab one of them. So New England, but they might still have got to young go guys ahead. too. But they still got young guys too. They got Dubes and Watts, but you know who are the future? At least Watson is the future. Dubes, I you know. You probably want to get a pat. You probably want to get a pass protector or somebody else to help you run, like a guard to help you run the ball to protect your young quarterback. But they always go defense in the first round anyway. That's why Aaron was yeah, always upset so, every draft day smoking a ayahuasca. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if they moved him to the Jets and then got a receiver in the first round? <laughs> or or just move to 12 just to be petty because the Jets got 13. Yeah. Just, like, trade, just trade with Houston. See, that's just the type of stuff that Jets. I'm here for. That's the type of stuff yeah. that I'm here for. I'm absolutely doing it. Get yeah. out, trade you. From now on, that's how you drive. <laughs> I want to go. Green Bay goes to twelve and takes whoever the Jets had on their big board. Yeah, there you just go. Whoever it is, whatever their need go, but, is, they just take it because every no, team think, needs whatever think, team player gets drafted top fifteen. No, but I think the most likely scenario is that Week One, Mac Jones is the Patriots starter. You know, that's the most likely scenario because. Like, unless Tennessee just makes the move, I don't see anybody else, especially, like, if they're going to be trying to – I don't know what's going on lately, but, of course, there was the talk that they were going to be trying to move Derek Camry potentially. So I don't think if you're moving Derek Camry, you're trying to bring in Mac Jones per se. But you never know. But, you know, but, like, I think week one, Mac Jones is a starter. 
We hear a bunch of stuff all season long about how him and Belichick don't get along. We see Bailey Zappi from time to time. And then next season, you ramp up and see what the landscape is quarterback-wise around the league. All right, this is what this is what we'll know. Uh, whoever starts in New England is the fourth best quarterback in that division. Whoever it is, unless the Jets don't make that trade. Oh man, they got to make that trade because I, <laughs> I don't know what I. Like I said, we spent a lot of time in Utah. They're resilient people. They're pretty confident. But I don't know how much confidence Zach Wilson has if you don't make the move and you be like, all right, Zach, you're taking first seed reps. Next man up. It's you, Zach. It's you, Zach. You know they don't, and, and, and you know they don't have Mike White anymore. Just seems falling apart. They're, those tickets better be cheap. So I'm gonna check out a couple of those games early in the year, when when the weather's still legit. Yeah, you know they don't have uh, Mike White no more. You know the Western Kentucky product. Yeah, but I mean they got Bailey Zappi. Like I said, I thought he had a hot hand, um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait for the draft. Maybe we'll do a live show. A lot yeah, of drafts going on. Yeah, a couple of weeks away, you know, I'm buying it. You know, it's always crazy, too, because why do we get so excited about the NFL draft? Like, you know, your team uh, generally well, – well, I mean, most just, teams generally it's have – It's televised I know, but most hope. teams generally have one pick in the first round, so it's not as if your team generally is going to have three or four picks for you to – you know, it's just crazy how that works. Like, cause I'm it's even just, watching day. Televised hope. It's like watching the back. I'm, I'm even sitting there on day three. I'm even sitting there on day three. Like, you know, hey, are we gonna go take the kids to the in a little bit? You know what I mean? <laughs> I I went to the draft in Philly on day three. Me and my son went. Yeah. Walked over to the little barricade. The guy gave us two tickets. We walked in. Atlanta was making their pick. Man, it was like pick number one hundred and ninety eight. Something like that. Man. We were there for like why a few Phoenix, hours. I got Phoenix on TV. Why Phoenix ain't up by like 10 right now? You know, why is it a tied game? These NBA because teams make me so sick sometimes. Uh, like, go, go clinch your... Doesn't have that back go, go get up 15, clinch your four seed, and get Denver up out of here since they want don't want to play their starters. My thing is like... And, uh, why the three point shot just kills me? It's not to get off my chest because I don't really have anything this week. No, maybe know, I, maybe I should. You. Maybe I should have two off my chest. <laughs> you can have two. You know. All right. So I was watching Miami and Philly earlier. The first ten minutes game was a three point contest, and then by the time we got to halftime, and I didn't write any of this down. I'm just going off of this one. So you know, Miami went into halftime up to twenty three from three. And Philly was 4-17. You know, get Embiid the ball. We just talked about this. You know, get Embiid the ball and be trying to beat Trey Young. Just play basketball. We just lauded the women, Final Four, for having this post game and playing through the post and all this stuff. 
There is more than one way to play basketball. You don't have to out-warrior the Warriors. You don't have to shoot it up from half court to be successful in this league. One of the most successful teams in the league, granted they didn't win the championship or anything, but Memphis had an identity when they had Zemo and Mark Gasol Mike Conley, they had an identity, and they were still giving teams fits. They even beat the defending champion Spurs one year in the first round as an eight seed. So like, it can be done, but all these teams, all these analytics, and I'm not saying that there's no place for analytics because there obviously is, but you can't play like that if you don't have Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole coming off the bench. If you don't have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown mixed with a little Marcus Smart, Al Horford. You can't do these things, you know, so you have to play within yourself. And I'm mostly talking to Julius Randle probably. No, I'm not really talking to Julius Randle. But I'm just saying, everybody can't play Everybody can't play the exact same, you know, because I'm looking at all these teams around the league, teams like Toronto. You know, you have Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes. You got Mr. Van Vliet. And I'm sitting here like, why y'all jacking these threes? All all are built like X-Men. You know, like you got Wolverine over here, Cyclops over here. You're supposed to be swatting stuff and setting up the fast break. So that's my first get it off my chest. You know, I had to freestyle that one. So my real get it off my chest that I came into the show with (laughs) is Mr. Draymond Green. Mr. Draymond Green. Believe it or not, I'm actually, I don't know if you know this about me, Raph, but I'm actually a Draymond Green fan, you know, because. I can't believe it. Like, yeah, I like the antics, you know, like there's a place in the sport for it. So obviously he goes over the top. Obviously he does some things that I don't support, like attacking people's testicles and all that stuff like that. But, you know, but but we need villains. We just talked about this. We need yeah. Angel Reese. We need Kate Lark. So I'm all for the villain. When LeBron went to Miami, like, I was for that. We needed the villain. But, quote, this is a quote from Draymond Green. I can appreciate, oh, this is in reference to the 65-game rule being a prerequisite to winning MVP and individual awards and all this. So, quote, I can appreciate this, and everyone will appreciate this, until you got bums on the All-NBA team winning awards. So my, end quote. So my first response was, bums like you? Mr. Triple Single. Mr. Triple Single? You know, now granted, now granted, you got to give Draymond his credit because the Warriors are not the Warriors without him doing the things that he does. You know, like he saves Steph from a lot of the ball handling, wear and tear. He initiates the offense. He's the anchor on defense. So he's not a bum in that sense of the word. But he is the all-time leader of the bums. The people like Ben Wallace, you know, like he's the all-time leader of that team. Dennis Rodman. He's in the whole that fame. The- I'm saying, I'm just saying these dudes that do one thing very well. These dudes ain't taking over no games and scoring 30 points is what I mean by bum. I don't mean bum disrespectfully. I'm just saying, like, he's Mr. Triple Single. They're pointing the finals last year where he had more fouls than points. That was tough. So, just saying. So, here's my point, Draymond. Just do your damn job. We pay good money to watch y'all play basketball. 
the league plays pays y'all good money to watch y'all play basketball and for you to bring in revenue for them. So if it takes 65 games for y'all to do your job, then it's going to take 65 games for y'all to do y'all job. Now, the day that I wake up and Jamal Murray wins MVP, we can have a conversation about this. Not that Jamal Murray's a bum, but you get the point. The day that he wins MVP, we can have this conversation. You know, the day that I wake up and I turn on the TV and they say Cam Johnson is first team all NBA because he played 65 games and LeBron didn't, we can have this conversation. So instead of shitting on these dudes that are busting their asses every night, these role players that are auditioning for other teams to try to improve their careers. How about you shit on your peers at your level that's taking all this time off? Because I'm sure if somebody walks into Anthony Davis and says, hey, yo, Ant, I don't know if you should play tonight. I don't know. We're on this back-to-back. I'm sure Anthony Davis say, I'm going out there. But he don't. You know what I mean? So how about this, Draymond? I got another piece of advice for you. If you want some of your Warriors teammates to get on these lists by playing 65 games, you should also try to win some road games while you at it. <laughs> let's focus on, so let's focus on that. So Steph Curry has nothing to worry about. If Steph Curry plays 65 games, he's going to be some first or team all NBA. He might be in an MVP conversation. So you might start missing some all-defensive teams if it's all about 65 because can you stay in check and stay on the court and not be suspended and getting technicals or something? So simply put, if you play, the awards will come. So that's what I wanted to get off my chest because he said that the other day, you know, uh, about the bums being first team all NBA. I wanted, I wish he would have called names. Like, who is he talking about? Like, was Marcus Smart going to be first team all NBA? Was Julius Randle going to be first mind. team? Yeah, was Julius Randle going to be first team all NBA? Was Steven Adams going to be first team all NBA? Maybe he was talking about Dylan Brooks. It. I mean, that's the thing. If if they consider the first team ballots as part of the individual awards, like I said, I haven't seen the breakdown of it, but if they consider that to be the case, I doubt it. I doubt they will well, go even, that far. But I, even think, if not, I think the but focus even if might not. be most improved player, MVP, uh, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, defensive rookie. But, you know, but all, even I think if not, individual even trophies. But even if not, those all NBA teams generate certain bonuses and generate certain contracts. That's something you can bring to the table when you're looking for contracts, you know, that type of thing. You know, oh, so if the rule is 60- multi, it's multi million dollar bonuses for a lot of these guys in their in their contract. That's what I'm saying. It's, so so if yeah. you decide, so if you end up playing 63 games, sorry. You know, now granted. I hope there's a provision in there that talks about injury, you know, because obviously that could be a thing. But if you're going to straight up load manage, if I'm going to turn on Thursday TNT right now and Raf's MVP, Jokic ain't out on the court, you know, like that counts. That counts. 
You playing a, you national TV against Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and pursuit for happiness looking ass DeAndre Ayton. And if you decide to play that game and Jamal Murray's not even playing, then maybe you don't need to be winning no awards anyway. It, it is it is odd. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is because I think every every solution I hear is punitive. Take their money away. Take this away. Don't make the contract this long. People talk about shortening the season, but then that takes some money away from the players. Because like, listen, if you play less games, I can't pay you. I can't pay you forty million dollars on an eighty on forty one home game schedule. Essentially, like if you just look as an individual owner, like I have forty one home games, and then whatever money you split with your road team, like I got forty one home games that I'm selling you to our home fans. If we cut that down, the 36 i can't pay you like we're 41 so your 40 yeah, million dollars has to come down and you're like now nah, it's not coming down but i don't want to play as many games so it's like i mean only thing i think of is like less practice the and game you know, is they already do that years. though but they already do less practice and, and, so and, and like, that's the other how 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 much are you like how much do you need to manage low manage if you're only playing 33 minutes of NBA game. And we don't have any minutes. data that says that low managing works. All it does is just just keeps you like I mean it keeps like, you hyper- fresh but knock on wood. But I don't knock think on really... wood. Knock on knock, knock on wood. We get to the playoffs. Make up a name Kawhi, so we don't come Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard twist his knee. How did low management prevent that? You know, like how did low, how did low manage? Like, like, like if if the Warriors low managed, would KD had not torn his Achilles in the in that playoff run? No, because it it would have tore anyway. It was torn. That's a, it was torn the entire time. The entire and that's from why, the initial injury, the whole time that he was resting to the whole series, and they brought him back for the finals, it was already torn. Yeah, he yeah, and he was still walking on it. He wasn't using a wheelchair or you know something along those lines. He might have been in a boot. Like maybe. He, maybe he was doing I don't the think Dion. He was traveling. He wasn't yeah. traveling with the team, so like it was but, already severe enough to wear, and he just played on it. But that had nothing to do with low management because he had an actual injury. I don't think not I, playing saves you from injury. I think it just saves you time. It just saves you. And, and that's, like, that's okay. why I always say you play forty-one like, home games. Off. You play forty-one home games. You're not gonna make. You're not gonna ever make everybody happy. But if you play at home for forty-one games, load manage. When you go on the road, especially when you're playing a team from the other conference, and you go to that, that team once a year, you play that damn game because those fans are there filling up that yeah. arena. Even though they have a local That's- team. They the ain't coming Hornets to the can garden. Pump up the price of their tickets if Golden State, Phoenix, the Lakers, the Clippers are coming to Charlotte. That forty dollars seat, it is two forty. Nobody's a, coming to the garden. Nobody's coming to the garden for Julius Randle. I can tell you that right now. Listen, you can stop this. I'm getting a Julius Randle jersey. You know, and so I'm they coming to see. They might be coming to see Jalen Brunson, but they ain't coming to see. Julius they come to see but, 30 left-handed. But, but that's the thing, right? Madison Square Garden, right? You talked about it in our pre-meeting. 
they got all these stats about who scored the most points in Madison Square Garden and all this kind of stuff like that. So they're not coming to Madison Square Garden. There's there's a sect of fans that are coming to the Garden to see a star light up Knicks, or even they want the Knicks to win, but they because still the want Knicks, a historic the, the performance. Knicks haven't landed their star. Like remember when yeah. Jordan came from? Remember when he came back from Quinton? That the was like nickel, the moment when he came back from yeah, the double yeah, nickel in the garden. Double LeBron, in the garden. I think I think it was LeBron and Melo both scored sixty in the same season or something like that. Even though Melo played for the Knicks, they, they Kobe both... scored sixty, and it was a moment with him and Spike Lee in a tunnel, and he was like, "Jordan's fifty-five. Your fault. Me tonight. Your fault." It was it was a pretty cool moment, but. Yeah, That's, the only, we, only thing we, they missing was Reggie going interviews. 50. We only get tunnel interviews in Madison Square Garden. Some places are Mecca. So, like, yeah, I get it. Um, like I said, the 65 games. I I think the only That's reason still... it's been, like, a big deal is because it goes back to our same argument. Like, the top guys in the league only care about winning the championship. All the other stuff. Jordan played 82 games at Media 40. driven. Media driven. So these you guys know, John, like John Stockton. John Stockton, played, even though he didn't win a title. Game. Iron Man. He was an Iron Man. You know what I mean? And Green it, played for like 37 years in a row. Didn't miss a game. Without having sex. Virginity. Didn't lose his virginity. Yeah. Just out See there. Just full up. Just full See up. Just playing basketball. So he had the energy it, for everybody. AC Green wasn't going to load manage. Onus, yeah, the onus on championships is made guys say, Well, if I can play 55 games and we can alternate where our top two or three guys are all on the court together for at least 40 to 55 games, maybe like total. So if you can get Steph, Clay, and Draymond all on the floor for 50 games and you can go 35 and 15 in those 50 games, I think teams will take it. Right now with the Suns next year, if they can get the their their top four, their Booker, Aiton, he traveled. Booker, Aiton, Chris Paul, and Katie and Chris Paul still there. If they all can play 55 games together and they go, you know. 42, 13. Man, we're easy buddy sniper going to get a haircut. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't brush his hair. Close my mind. Yeah, like, but that's the thing, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like these fans are out here, you know, complaining how Embiid is in these MVP votes or, you know, he might not win his MVP again this year. Well, I bet you if Embiid played about 78 games, and was doing what he's been doing. And, you know, he leads the league in scoring, you know. But if he did that over 70 games instead of 67, you know, maybe you maybe you get that. You know, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. Anyway, you know, Sports Reports is ordered, y'all. You know, Sam, we here. You know, we appreciate the support as always. Like us, subscribe, review us. It's free. Give us five stars. You know, let us know what's going on. 
give us some feedback and all that you know let us know what you want to hear let us know what you want to talk about leave some comments all free free 99 all of it make sure you, if you already follow on follow on twitter follow on instagram like i said follow us on youtube like subscribe share tell your friends tell your grandma tell your grandpa tell me getting in the nitty-gritty of sports talk over here so that being said another episode done america we love you holla yes thanks for tuning in to another episode of sports reports disorder Peace.